games, video 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 It's August 28th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 121, and I am Lord Chris Remo. How are you going to follow that up, Jake? I got nothing. I'm Jake Rodkin, my lord. <laughs> yeah, I'm plebe Sean Vanneman. Yeah. And so, Nick Brecken is on assignment at yeah, Telltale Games. In fucking Dubai or wherever the fuck he is. He's always in Marin place. County. Yeah. Ter- Terra Linda. Um, so, <laughs> as we were leaving the office last week, we checked, the, we checked the mail, and I didn't open this till after we were done with the podcast. I received a, I received a certificate in the mail in gold embossed uh, kind of ornament ornament here, um, saying Lord Chris Remo. This certificate entitles the assignee, as stipulated above, to English standard title rights. The title rights assigned shall be Lord Chris Remo of Wansley Manor. In addition, Lord Chris Remo shall be dedicated land within England. Reference number, blah, blah, blah. Members reference, blah, blah, blah. The associated terms and conditions document constitutes the complete legal, valid, and binding terms and conditions. Anyway, it goes on and on. I'm holding the documentation. I'm I'm 99% sure this is total bullshit, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Isn't this like, like, I mean, this is incredible. This is from a company called Lord Titles? Yeah. Someone, some, one of our readers apparently just bought this for me and had them send it to the Idle Thumbs office in the mail. So somehow you are either a lord or an elaborate ruse. To the title holder. May we start by saying congratulations on your new title. <laughs> Thanks. There are many ways in which you can enjoy this unique gift, and a whole new world may have just opened up for you, from being offered to the best the best seats in restaurants to airline upgrades and top-notch service wherever you oh, go. I can't wait. You can now partake in life's finer things and enjoy all the perks traditionally reserved for high society. Please visit, visit the members <laughs> area for more information, including directions for visiting the dedicated land and the history of the title at www.members.lordtitles.co.uk the passcode is your members reference number which can be found on the title certificate hope you didn't put that on twitter <laughs> this title is now no, i did not yeah. i haven't actually gone to this this website. title is now yours to use for the rest of your life and your friends and family may suddenly be vying for your attention entranced with oh, the prestige oh, of man. being personally acquainted with a lord or lady <laughs> <laughs> regards the lord titles team <laughs> There's some pastoral shit in this handbook. Yeah, it's pretty. Pastoral. So, have you had? I mean, how much have you have your um, how much has your uh, like uh, life changed? Have you been using it? Have you been sitting differently in chairs? Do, do you have any? <laughs> do you have any questions that might be frequently asked about titles? Because I'm staring at the frequently asked questions of this manual. Do you have anything? Perhaps how does the title work? Not really. I actually don't. Okay. Well, to draw a simple <laughs> analogy, think about the term doctor. Okay, I'm thinking about okay, it. Okay, right a medical practi- practitioner yeah. will put DR in front of his name. However, so will a PhD graduate, regardless of what they studied. There are separate rules that apply to both titles, but in the end, the title's the same. <laughs> <laughs> such, such is it with lords. Some person went on an airplane. Somebody may scream out in horror. Is there a doctor on the airplane? Is there a lord no, on this plane? No, there's not a doctor. However, I am Lord Chris Ramo. Of Wansley Manor. Of Wansley Manor. And all of that implies, uh, 
you are choking. I would like a first class upgrade and all of the things that, that uh, are associated with such titles. So, pro- providing that you do not purport the title to be a peerage. You oh, I do not. Having bought I do not purport any such thing. Now that you can use this on personal stationery, mm-hmm. restaurant and ticket reservations, debit Christ. and credit cards, etc. to reflect your new status. <laughs> Fucking debit and credit cards. That's got to happen. <laughs> You've got to get a debit card that just says Lord. Like, uh, is your first name Lord? <laughs> no. It's my title is Lord. I'm a Lord. Look, someone on the internet bought me a Lord. It's like when people buy that crappy weird Like a moon, a- like a parcel on the moon or like a star. Or right, whatever. or you can be an ordained minister to wed right. people. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like yeah, yeah. you can marry someone at fucking Burning Man, basically. Yeah, You can yeah. be a Lord at Burning Man. You can be- oh, man. Yeah, that's you, true. Everyone there is a Lord. That's, that's true. Of, yeah. By which I mean everyone is there this weekend, so San Francisco will be empty. Delicious. And the Bay Bridge is closed. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Oh my god. Seriously, this is, is like closed. the end of I'm gonna be out of time. Of anyway. arc, uh, this is the, like, the end of Batman Begins, where all the inmates are like alone on the island because they blow up the bridges or whatever, or whatever which one that is. Mm-hmm. Except we're <laughs> oh. those inmates and we get yeah, it's just, so just nice. a bunch of weird Google yeah. Glass assholes and like, shit. You wanna like go that. to any restaurant? Yes. We can go to any restaurant. We just walk in. Well, yeah, I'm There's a lord. So I'm actually accustomed to that anyway. But I know it'll be nice for you guys you to will experience be lording what it's like for me. Yeah, Are you going to be lording it at PAX? I mean, I will be at PAX Basically, and I'm a lord. So, so I guess every <laughs> chair that Chris sits in at PAX, you will but slouch do it, do 20% further down, but it won't look lazy. Like You will somehow lord in that goddamn beanbag pile yeah. while street passing people. Do you, want to know about the de- do you want to know about the dedicated land? Not no. really. I think we, we're, this has run its you course think we've, for right, sure. We've yeah, beat this yeah, lord this is, to death. We're done with this. But thanks to whoever, whatever anonymous reader um, purchased me a lordship. But, I, and from Jake and I, but, fuck you. Yeah, no thanks to whoever decided Chris was the lord. Yeah, maybe now lord, we got to put up with. Now we got to put coming. up with this guy. I, don't, I think these lords. Maybe our lordships are on the way. Says the lord. <laughs> yeah, sorry, your lordship got lost in the mail. <laughs> Sorry, that is imagine your lordship, like you being lost in the mail. Like yes, you personally. Right, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's you image. should visit Wansley Manor, Manor, though, and bring this piece of paper and be like, so I think that I'm a lord of here. <laughs> Jake and I might be going to the UK sometime in the next couple months, so maybe we could stop off. We'll get a picture of your house for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Your manor. Yeah. So, you want to talk about Pole Riders? Yeah, we played Super Pole Riders, a hilarious uh, sports friends game by Bennett Foddy, the guy who made Quop. And uh, GURP. Not to be confused with the Dota Today first episode title, Quap Top and Bottom Bottom. It's available absolutely no one will confuse it. At, <laughs> available at dotatoday.net, home of the new episode. Thanks, Jake. There's a new episode there. Yeah, I know. We're back. Mm-hmm. I really like this game a lot. Because, oh, it's super good. Yeah, it's really, 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 really great. Um, <laughs> if you haven't played it, it's uh, two guys on a, like a 2D plane with a, uh, a wire above them. Each man that you control has a, uh, a pole, pole holding pole. pole. And you use that to propel yourself up to the level of the wire and kick a ball that's hung there towards your goal and it slides across the wire towards your goal and you score points and try to do, uh, get, the mo- get the most points in like yep. three yeah, minutes. It's, it's basically just soccer or something with goals except yeah. that everyone has except that there's only two guys mm-hmm. that have pole vaulting poles. And in, like yeah. other Bennett Foddy games, everything's physics based. So like every every object in the game is a physics object and it's affected by every other physics object so usually the way you want the most efficient way to propel the ball is by you know kicking it by uh vaulting and and propelling yourself and so on um but you can also propel the ball by hitting it with your stick it's much less efficient but like you know everything exerts in de- in force on, moments yeah. yeah but i mean it's good because it's the kind of thing that leads to like the kind of great physics-based chain reactions that make games like this really 
effective and fun and surprising and, and cool. You know, like you'll you'll fling up and and hit another guy and then that guy will like hit the ball in the direction you didn't mean to because you propelled him backwards and then you know you can slide underneath and block it with your pole like just all the crazy shit like that that happens in in simulation old games yeah being able to develop these type of like very simple hard-boiled competitive games mm-hmm. is a skill that i am really enamored by yeah it's I'm, it's a trend that is I'm, i think is really great you know there's uh we've talked a lot about nidhogg in the past which is another yep. one of these um there's like hokra tenez um, tenez which we streamed before bari bari ball. ball it's an awesome it's an awesome uh, like design category um it's really cool it's super obviously arcade influenced but it's stripped down or like boil like boiled down to such a concentrated form um that gets a lot of what is really exciting about really high level competitive games without like 95 percent of the cruft not that mm-hmm. not that that cruft is like bad in game like a competitive fighting game or like dota or something or starcraft or whatever like that Thanks stuff for- has its place in those games but it's awesome to see this level of complexity come out of such a simple set of mechanics. They've got just enough of that weird stuff in there. Like they like when you win a tournament, it shows just the most goofy, very clearly arcade throwback victory screen. But there's yeah, yeah. no like none of the timeout the crazy weight, combos, jump back in stuff. Like, like oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's good. Yeah, you can you can uh, you can. I don't know if you. I'm not sure what happens if you pre-order if you can play it right now, but this was available in the Sports Friends Kickstarter, and you can pre-order it at sportsfriendsgame.com slash pre-order. Um, and uh, we just played a build of it that Jake had from his Kickstarter I think we played the latest build that's out for backers, and I know it's still in active development. Yeah. It definitely brings out, if you have any competitive nature to you, it will appear, or at least it reveals all things, I think. In a very healthy way. I'm just going to remind everyone. It's called Super Pole Riders. Super Pole Riders. I think Riders. we did the thing where we probably said yeah. it once really fast and then, yeah. It just makes me mad and sort of make faces at the screen and grunt. It makes you, Sean, demand that you're going to win. And then it just makes Chris Like not, life. Yeah, and then it makes Chris not know what he's doing and then suddenly just go, I understand how this works. And then just a cold machine is unleashed yeah. that will destroy <laughs> Chris him. has his beautiful mind moment and then locks in. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's funny. Like, if one of these games were to take off, right? on like a really massive scale, mm-hmm. uh, you could instantly see a bunch of yes and like me too's coming from large scale publishers. Oh, absolutely. Throwing, yeah. Like, definitely, you know what I mean? Throwing buckets of money at like what's been happening with Lords of Management games. Yes. I was actually going to go back and talk about Wii sports because mm. Wii sports oh, yeah, yeah. was uh-huh. an incredibly well-developed game yeah. that absolutely. Nintendo put a lot of resources into, put their best people on mm-hmm. and then made like, the Wii was just the Wii Sports machine for so, so, so long. For a lot of people, yeah. And then there's sort it of this... It may have only been that, actually. Yes. But, uh, you know, with games like that, it's funny because on the outside looking in, like, oh, you just, you just, it's simple. It's so easy to make. Like, oh, you just... Don't even have arms on these characters. like five people on this thing. We'll be done. We do, what are we, like, what are we talking about here? Like, 90 days? We'll be done? We're good? Yeah. Great. There are a lot of those, those clones that were not good. I know. It's so funny to me. Um... The thing that this also reminds me of, actually, is, uh, and it's another weird sort of lone thing, but it popped up and died, is Rockstar Table Tennis, which we might have actually talked about in the I context of this I love that stuff. game. But I did, too, actually. I thought it was really good. I love that game. Yeah. We played competitive Rockstar Table Tennis at my first job all the time. Oh, yeah. Really but that, was, that was a publisher making a big play for just sort of really simple, mechanically hard mm-hmm. versus stuff. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what the narrative of that game is, like, on the development side, like, where that game... 
came yeah. up and how it came to be because it's I such a weird standout in Rockstar's catalog. That was really early in. That was like right at the beginning of the Xbox 360 generation, yep. right? It was. It was I definitely bet that was like, like almost like a launch title. It was probably. I bet it had something to do with yeah, totally, like, yeah, because that was their first game on their new engine. I think the same way that the, that EA. We may even this might be a repeat of an old conversation, but how EA Sports' big first game on the 360 was that boxing game because it was like we can have two characters huge on screen put all of the processing and yeah. rendering power of the 360 into like this sweat covered face that you mash around with right. the <laughs> with the healing stuff yeah. it seems like they looked at guys who play GTA and play Halo mm-hmm. the other thing they probably play is ping pong and beer pong so maybe we can actually get a little bit of the Venn diagram of our audience in this game that looks amazing on the right. 360 but it was branded like hardcore it was like Rockstar people, games well no it was branded like guys in like the tight lycra Right, like competitive ping pong outfits, like they're in the Olympics or something. Right, you know, which I thought was well. You want to? I wanna, can't imagine play as the person who's the best right. at that, though. You I know. just can't imagine Rockstar doing that now. Oh yeah. no, I, I don't think I can either. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe as a downloadable thing on the next, like right early on in yeah. the next generation. I'm really curious to see what the hell the beginning of the next generation looks like because it seems weird to me right now. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Like GTA Five is coming out on these consoles, like. Right before the new consoles come out. Right. We're in a weird place, I think, with that stuff, which is similar. It's like a, a more baby version, or rather, excuse me, a more extreme <laughs> version of what happened. Baby's last the time. new extreme. Well, I know. Baby is just a word that has no meaning anymore. And I it's yeah, <laughs> it's like it's you dead to language. Like, right, yeah. Exactly, yeah, dead At the exactly. cusp of the Xbox to the Xbox 360, there were games that came out on the Xbox, and then you could get the 360 version that was effectively the same game with higher res textures. Uh, like oh, that was a weird time. The big yeah. sort of sequel time, but that time is coming up again. Yeah, the launch happen lineup, for sure. The launch yeah. lineup for the Xbox One has a lot of games that are concurrently being developed for the 360, but what they're doing because of the downloadable store and because of Xbox Live, uh, there are some of the big games from big publishers you can just pay a $10 upgrade fee and bump all your content. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't what? know that. Yeah, it's oh, weird. It's smart. I don't know enough that about smart. that to speak on it with any authority, but it's what I was reading about. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry for even saying that on the podcast. But that's... God, Jake. I think of all the people Ooh. I could be in this industry right now in developing a game that's on the bubble is not... I'm happy about Where you that don't person. have a path. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that oh, just well, sounds, we're going to have yeah. to... No. That sounds like such a gross place to be. Yeah. yeah. I'm really fortunate. Count my lucky stars in that one. Yeah. It's, been, it's really been interesting over the last couple of years to see the rise of this sort of independent space, largely on the PC, I guess, that just doesn't seem like it has anything to do with that the the like generational shift at least not right now eventually it'll sync up probably it, but like yeah. it doesn't seem like anyone's paying attention even to that in this space beyond like oh well cool like we'll be able to self publish on Xbox now I guess but it's going to be the same game we would have made no matter what that's like, also it's, totally right. not the trajectory that people would have predicted I think because a lot of the current like scope of indie space feels like it started on X- XBLA actually mm-hmm. like I think oh yeah totally. Like that yeah. really early XBLA a braid bubble all of, that stuff. of yeah. Castle Crashers, braid, cra- yeah. Castle Crashers, all that seems like that wave built up on the Xbox and then actually sort of Just migrated, spilled over, and yeah. the real sort of extreme fallout from it ended up being on Steam because Microsoft kind of weirded out. Yeah, it's really odd. Like, Microsoft made it really hard to get on Xbox Live, and also the sales just declined over. It, it feels also like they they must have smelled the money and then. They kind of killed the golden goose in a certain well, yeah. degree. I think, just, well, I think they smelled the wrong money also to some degree. The, the feeling that I always kind of got was... 
They smelled the wrong money. That's a weird analogy. The feeling that the feeling that I always got was well because they started. They, there were so many like con- weird just Konami ports and shit that they started filling Xbox Live up with. Like they really. But they, that stuff wasn't published by Microsoft the way Braden Castle Crashes was. I think yeah, but Microsoft first party arm their threshold for what they would ever pick sure. up turned into. It went from like you and I were talking about this earlier. We don't know what's going to make us money. To now these things did make us money. We will only pick up. Things that are like this, and no one can prove that they're going to be that, so they're never going to, yeah. never going to, whenever again. I guess the point I was making is that regardless of who's publishing it, even if it's Microsoft itself, you still have to contend with Microsoft's pu- publishing schedule, right. which was really rigorously yep. gated, yep. which just meant that the majority of games that actually were able to get on Xbox Live yeah. Arcade for a long time were like just kind of weird, not particularly exciting publisher things. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people have paid a lot of attention to it, but it seems like the Rise and fall, and now coming up, improbably weird of Microsoft Microsoft's downloadable space is yeah. got to be interesting well, to look at. We're d- it's definitely at the point now where it's this the, that entire scene is way more console agnostic or just platform agnostic than it ever would have been at any changeover before. I mean, even yeah. when Microsoft and Sony are doing like they make big deal like they go on stage and they make these huge announcements about exclusivity but what they never say on the show for and the what always stuff. takes like 2 weeks for it to actually come out is that oh it's also going to come to right, steam like, like the that's witness right. on PS4 also PC Mac Linux yeah oh like that's and that's just how those deals have been consistent yeah. like there's other ones I know about that I'm not sh- I'm not sure if they've been announced yet that I can't talk about yeah. but like there's a lot of them that are like that where the, all the way they get reported is like Locking down those exclusive, but it's like no one. It's hard to imagine very many indies at this point actually wanting to lock themselves down to one platform, unless they're just fully funded and getting pretty sweet, you know, deals. Sony don't mind that because they don't think that Steam competes directly with competes directly with them, or yeah, they just see it as a threat. Mm -hmm. There, there is. I imagine the audience who listens to Idle Thumbs, there is a crossover entirely, like in people who post on forums and are really into this sort of thing but i guess the casual shopper on those platforms is probably who they're going for with this stuff yeah for sure i mean there's yeah. a lot of there's you know there are a fair number of gamers for whom a game basically doesn't exist unless it's on, unless it's on a mainstream console right um most of the people you meet and you're like you're like so you make games and like it's like no they're like on xbox and playstation like oh oh okay yeah there's that <laughs> right. was, yeah, 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 yeah yeah then it's like there's a legitimizing force right for yeah, a right. lot of the a lot of the audience i think yeah. um but i think i think steam is like slowly gaining you know slowly gaining ground as sort of a cousin of that um mm-hmm. but i think microsoft and sony probably to some degree accurately see that as just a separate enough growth you know that it's not going to stop like the venn diagram's not going to you know become too big of an overlap those would be the most space. interesting conversations internally to say yeah, i know where it's just like we're going to talk you about that, we're going to talk you know? about the pc market for a minute and yeah. then everybody sits around a table and looks at Steam current stats, which are published. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. All that shit is always there. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, wow. There's 200,000 people playing that right now, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's yeah. so weird because there's certain things like the whole Lord's Management scene that is just, there isn't anything even remotely equivalent to that on consoles. Like, yeah. There's just nothing like that. There's weird, weird entire scenes of, I mean, you know, Dota as a mod has been around a long time, but like there's certain scenes like that that just in the last few years, have become crazy like phenomena that are yeah. that, just have that nothing. Dota, you yeah. know, and League of Legends everyone, even huge. League of Legends is like yeah. infinitely big. Though. But Dota broke five million yeah. concurrent this weekend. Jesus, yeah, God, that's crazy. 
bonkers. Because five million concurrent, five million at the same time. That is that is bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, right. And the League of Legends thing sold out the Staples Center like instantly, just a couple days ago. But you like Steam as an economy. I don't think that publishers or that uh, console manufacturers care about. But I do like just. I don't think they're interested in replicating any of the systems that Valve has, other than looking beyond that cleverly in quotes and going oh but I, what i really want is those mobas like i'm sure that that's that's right. got to be happening yeah yeah but yeah the, the meanwhile the nintendo reason... has the pikmin ip the perfect <laughs> <laughs> wasting it <laughs> if you or anybody you know work at nintendo you're screwing it up <laughs> <laughs> you want you want pikmin lords man lords of management i just want pikmin online Sure. Competitive Pikmin two is Pikmin three not online. Competitive Pikmin. No, like, Pikmin three. Uh, maybe is it? Oh. I thought Nintendo said they weren't going to do it because they were, they had to manage a hundred Pikmin, which was too much. <laughs> Whatever. All we're talking about is Pikmin forever. Whatever. Pikmin two. Pikmin the best. two day coming soon. We've talked about that before. Necessary cast. Yeah. Maybe we can re- do, do like the twenty fifth episode. You guys can have a hijack. Oh God, people would be so pissed. They wouldn't be thrilled. They wouldn't be thrilled. <laughs> that can, would have to be a spinoff on there this. There are actual feed. That would have human to be beings a spin-off at on the, the International who I had to tell that Idle Thumbs was a podcast, and because they knew Dota today. Oh, that's awesome. Those people existed. I'm glad. That's. I mean, they were at the, the International, point, right? so that's like, like yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like going to. No, but that's cool. Yeah. People were complaining that you didn't have your goddamn podcast. So. Hey, man, I was complaining about a lot of things. Well, it wasn't. I would have loved to have been doing that. As Why didn't you just to jog over to the office and record one? I don't know. Seems like that would have been. And, you know, and doable. Pricing. Yeah, yeah. Seems like that would have been physically possible for you. All right. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> poll writers it was fun. It's gonna. Speaking of the two things we started talking about, it's gonna be on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. PlayStation Three as well as PC and Mac and stuff. Maybe yeah. Linux. I don't know. I think Linux. Mm-hmm. Um, God, there was a story I was gonna tell when we were playing that because when I when I completed a partic- when I successfully scored a particular point against you, Sean, I like punched my fist in the air and almost punched you in the face you should go back and watch the stream his fist <laughs> i can feel the whiff of it on my chin and then as it passed i went had that connected we would not be having a podcast tonight or any other night now nah, we'd get yeah, up eventually punched off i don't know about that <laughs> video games yeah. <laughs> if chris had actually after playing right. a competitive pc game he punched off his friend's head <laughs> Was that local news, like video yes. game? Yeah, video game story? strike like, again. Yeah, right. Chris timed it just right that it's he actually punched off games. multiple heads. <laughs> what you also what like? Oh no, that's a stupid Mortal Kombat reference. Oh. Never mind. What? <laughs> but anyway, this, this story is not related to video games at all. Fuck but it just guys. I want to tell it because it's so it's such a it's one of the strangest things that I've ever witnessed just in real time. Um, I was sitting on the Muni, which is the uh, train, the um, you know subway yeah. system we have in town and well i know you know but for the benefit of the readers i'm pretty sure most don't figure out it's called the muni <laughs> well, how would someone know what that is that's not that's not obvious um anyway so i was on the train going to work and um it was like i was coming in late that day because i was working from home in the morning and it was like i don't know 11 11 a.m 11 30 or something so the, the train was actually not very full at all there was four people in my car and i was sitting there at one of the seats that uh is uh, against the window so you're facing the other seats against the other window on the opposite side of the car you know so right. you're, you're looking at classic sort of subway setup yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's this like really large guy sitting right to my to my left another person directly in front of him on the opposite seat and like a couple more people just two other people just scattered 
you know, assorted in, in nearby seats. And I was doing the New York Times crossword like I do. So I was just, I wasn't observing the events of the car. I was just looking down at my, at my phone doing the crossword. And suddenly I, I notice that the guy, this like very large guy who was to my left is like not actually there anymore. And then I, and as I look up, I see him like retreat from the guy facing the other side of the train and the large guy just sits back down calmly next to me. And I'm like, I wonder what he's doing. And I look up and the other guy is just covered in blood. Just like nose just fucked up blood, dri- like just gushing, like dripping. Like you can see it physically dripping. It's he's wearing like a dress shirt and slacks. It's just all over his slacks, all over his shirt. It's on the floor of the train. The guy who who is is just in shock. Like he's as blood is just coming out of him. He has a, he was has phone to his face. He was like on the phone, and he looks. He's just completely baffled. He has no idea what just happened. He looks. He's on the phone. He looks around, like looking to all the other people in the train. We're all equally so you just this guy's confused. ass, right, Chris? <laughs> it was so fucking weird. It was one of the most bizarre moments I've ever experienced because everyone in this car. I was trying to. I'm like. I guess he just punched him. I had to like. It sounds stupid. The fact but that you were so ensorcelled by the New York Times crossword, you didn't see another guy break another person's nose. He didn't make us. That's the crazy thing. There was not a single sound. The guy sitting in the <laughs> I bet there was one. No, there was not. The guy didn't make any noise of reaction. The other guy didn't like say anything to him. There was no. There was not a word or like sound exchange. Are you sure the train didn't go through a tunnel and like go? No, we like were. A, yeah, no, we were. We were above ground. Were you? At, do you have your headphones in? No. Like, I mean, all I no. could hear the entire time was the pixies. Uh-uh. This was fucking <laughs> weird. No one, like, even in the aftermath, the guy didn't, no, neither of the two guys said, made a single word. So hold on. Word. Let's, let's lay it So on. then the Keep guy going. who's bleeding, like, he's just, he's completely baffled by what just happened. Do they seem, happened. okay, do they, do they seem like they knew each other? No. I, the They're guy, not of the same, like. No, they didn't look anything okay, like, like at socioeconomic all. class? No, uh-uh. Okay. So the guy who just got hit, like, just kind of gets up and just walks down the Isle of oh, the train. Did he get what off the train? Then the, I guess. And then the you other. You didn't even watch? Well, I looked at him go to the other side, but he went like, I mean, I guess, I think they both got off at the next stop, but on other sides of the train. So the big guy, like we get to a stop, the big guy just gets up, looks around and just walks off the train. Both guys just go in That's opposite directions. That's some shit. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. It That's was some ice cold shit. Yeah. I, it was so, the weirdest thing was not, they, neither of them said a single thing the entire time. Did the guy stay on the phone? Did he end his call? Yeah, I, was he like, I have to go. I, I don't think, think he I didn't think say anything. He didn't face. say anything on the phone. He didn't. I mean, so he, he was actually FaceTiming and this was an orchestrated <laughs> event so that the other person would see him. Get would just in the suddenly face. see the phone, the, the screen turn red. Yes. That's what would have happened. Um, he didn't. I don't know if he, he didn't even seem to hang up. He just stopped holding it to his face and just kind of brought it down a little bit and then just got up and walked off. It was so weird. I've never seen anything like this. It you was, didn't even see it. I didn't even really see it. No, that was what was so crazy. Like you've never experienced an aftermath quite like this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just so subdued. There was just no one reacted in any way. Like people were sh- like the inner monologues of people on that Everyone train. Everyone on that train was just going, people shit themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just but a train of cowards. Like, subway face. Keep it going. Keep it going. Nothing. Nothing's different. Just gotta get to work. Just gotta. Just gotta make my eleven thirty meeting. Just gonna. 
Stop off at Pete's. That get us going. going. That guy. That guy's cool. face. Face is fuck, fuck, gone. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. Fuck, what fuck, that guy don't, don't. You didn't see anything. He didn't see anything. Just well, they him. both just got off immediately. And the, was there another, was there the press release where everyone was like, okay, that guy just got punched in the no. face, right? No. How could there not have been One that? lady. Why, why couldn't you be the one, guy? I don't know. He was on you. Some other, like at the stop where they got off, some other lady just got off and moved to a different seat and sat down. Then another lady got and got punched on her in the face. And, <laughs> another lady got on and sat in the seat where the guy who got punched sat. And then another guy, like two seats to my left, still didn't say a single word. Just like so she waved. Just sat down in the blood. No, well, so she, he like waved and like pointed at the blood. Like don't though, to like watch indicate. Out. Still didn't say anything. Yeah, and she didn't say anything either. She kind of looked at it and sort of nodded. Oh, of and course. Then just went to Somebody's been killed here. It was so weird. It was like a fucking David Lynch scene or something. It was or like Cronenberg. It was weird. Did he okay? Did the large man seem like he had had he accomplished something no, after the strike? He didn't look like anything. It wasn't he sort just, of like he just. It looked like he had just gone over and like just said hi. I, that's what was so any weird hypothesis. about it. No, I really don't. I've been None. thinking about it a lot. No more I've data never, that you can bring to the table here. It's shocking how blank this guy was after like it. All he did, at, like at one point, was kind of just glance around a little bit, presumably to see if he was going to get fucking arrested or something. I guess, but I mean, he didn't. But then the lead up—was he doing anything? How was he sitting? No, he was just sitting there with his arms folded, the normal way on a train. That was, was he was looking so- around? Would he have his head in a swivel? Was he looking down, minding his own business? I—he I, probably wasn't even looking to see if that guy's fucking. You and I are punched. completely different on Muni. When I get on Muni, I'm just like internalizing everything about. Everybody. I'm like that sometimes, like, but I was doing my crossword puzzle this time. So. Just, yeah, I make an entire catalog, and then I can relax. Yeah, it usually takes me the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Need, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing was was just surreal. It was ridiculous. Anyway, video games this has nothing to do with anything. But I just when the, and that was actually an upcoming scene from David Cage's Beyond Two Souls <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Probably was. Jake and I played uh, a bunch of Papo and Yo this oh, morning. Cool. I heard that was a really good game. That game is really good because... So explain what this game is. Because I actually don't even really know very well. It's a third-person exploration puzzle game. Puzzle platformer. Puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. Where you're a kid in uh, sort of like surreal favelas in South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, chasing a girl and using a monster to get from place to place. And, okay. and a robot pal. And a robot pal that looks similar to, uh, I don't know. A lot of little kids robot characters. But um, what's really nice about it is, and I think the thing that you'll, you have to kind of get past the fact that it's a game made on a budget, but they put their money all in the artistic presentation of the game. So there's things like how its feel isn't quite clear. It's sort of, it's it's aspirations, I think, are to the sort of third-person Ubisoft. uh, yeah genre basically which is not sure, I mean, like really, Persia, really widely like speaking just like i mean prince of persia beyond good and evil assassin's mm-hmm. creed even like splinter cell just like ubisoft to me i guess seems kind of like the only sort of modern torchbearer of that but also just a lot of the feelings it feels like they looked at beyond good and evil and prince of persia mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near the actual just well it, it's funny in these micro moments it totally is yeah and it's what it, the game chooses to you spend. mean presentationally yeah, and almost a little bit in the field. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like okay. Sort of- it just sort of, because you know it's a small team, and there's a, like, and the things that it chooses to really pay attention to are so small. So really quickly, before, this is a high level, um, I guess I already said what the, what the game is. Yeah, you're this little, you're a boy, um, running through these 
uh, sort of like empty dreamscapes, but they're based upon like what seem to be very real environments. But sometimes there's like you can tear open the side of a building and like create a staircase by pulling on a lever sort of thing. Uh, and it just like peels away like a page yeah, of a book or something. Like exactly. It the, the rules of physics just disappear. It's all very surreal. Yeah. yeah. But at one point I was trying to solve a puzzle and there were just frogs around for some, just like set dressing mm-hmm. and I could pick one up and I picked it up with such weight and like care. Mm. And then it like hung its like giant legs. Over yeah, my back, totally. And yeah. I just ran around carrying it. Like, right. a, like imagine if you were carrying like an eight year old as yeah. a grown man. Uh huh. That's about the size difference. Yeah. And it felt amazing. Like yeah, just, yeah, it yeah. looked great. It had this weight in this sort mm-hmm. of like nuance. And then I got to the next puzzle area and I tried mm-hmm. to climb with it or jump with it. And it wouldn't let me jump with it. So I set it down. I continued on my way. Mm-hmm. It had zero bearing on the puzzle. Like yeah. zero, zilch. But someone still animated that. But it was know, the thing that was handled with such way. deft yeah, care. That's awesome. And it yeah. was so convincing. Uh-huh. I actually that's took so a screenshot important. of it. And I was yeah. like, this is the moment that I like this game a lot. Yeah. Um, so at first you're just sort of chasing a little girl around and pulling on levers and pressing buttons to like move areas of the map around so you can get to the exit and continue following her. Mm-hmm. And then you encounter this um, sort of foreshadowed giant monster, which is the monster you see in a lot of the marketing materials, which is like a little boy in this like pink Red rhino looking thing, thing, like bipedal rhino, I guess. But it's very, it feels very like Latin American in its, in its, um, in its styling, in its styling. And then you're using uh, that monster to help solve some of the uh, environmental puzzles. And I'm like down the path of like doing that sort of thing. But it's so great to play a game that it doesn't over overtell its story. Uh, it doesn't, it's not mucked up. It's just, it's the product of a small budget and an imaginative team. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like the games that I like right now. Yeah. yeah totally. Where there's just not I, a lot of like, yeah. like you were saying, like the fluff, this sort mm-hmm. of like the chaff. Yeah. It's just, it's great environments, yeah, yeah. some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful setups. You got to forgive it some of its like sure, clunkiness. Rough yeah, rougher on the edges. But um, totally. I think you'd really like it. I yeah, think you'd no, like I it a lot. Want to play it. So it's what? It just all the download systems, or what's it on? It's on PlayStation and Steam. Yeah, cool. I do believe. Yeah, it feels to me like it's a little bit smaller than the team wishes that it could be. Just like mm-hmm. the games in its school all feel a tiny bit more open than this one does. Like the the everything's just a little bit more tamped down than its aesthetic aspirations mm-hmm. are, but what's inside of it. Do you feel the game suffers for that? Only if you let it, I think like if you just like you can deliberately push your way, like we did into sort of some corners of the space where they still allowed player exploration, but you could tell that they couldn't actually afford mm-hmm. to flush it out. Whereas if sure. you stay where the core gameplay is, that stuff is just really distant detail. And mm-hmm. whereas, you know, like I think I really want people to buy and play, a yeah. game like this and like brothers is another one i'm going to pick up really soon and hopefully yeah, talk about next get, i'll get that as soon as it is sort of like this scale of like a million bucks two million bucks i remember i think this is between like one and 1.5 if i remember reading what the mm-hmm. gamma sutra postmortem was um and what can you do with that much money when you're trying to make a game that kind of mm-hmm. screenshot to screenshot looks like well that's the game yeah. that's like 10 i mean that's the much. scale of like the that that kind of run of downloadable games double fine made for a few years with like costume quest mm-hmm. iron brigade um stacking that was kind uh, of like, like those were all about two million dollars like the golden hour of uh the xbox live yeah, yeah, yeah. marketplace was yeah. sort of that a yeah but it also dollars. hit around the time of portal you know that was a few years after portal which was a game that was mm-hmm. like two to three hours long so yeah, yeah. i mean you know it's hard to say like, well if, if valve did it you know but i think i don't know Although like, i really want people to buy a budget games like simply this. because it was developed by, by yeah, valve. Yeah. yeah you know i don't sure. know it's, it's just uh, it's really great. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to, to, to finish it. Yeah, that's like, cool. Yeah, yeah. I will play it. Vander Caballero <laughs> was, the, was the dude. Mm-hmm. The brain. Kind of. Cool. And it's it got seems a like, double jump in it, so you'll like it. It does have a double jump. Sounds good to me. Yeah. But you know how you remember, I remember you saying you really liked the, the Tomb Raider Underworld series, mostly for like the just, atmosphere. Yeah, purely on the, the, like, how the environments looked and just the feeling of, of play. You know, not the story was like terrible. Right. But the, yeah. I but, think for just being around, being a third person avatar in a space mm-hmm. that's really specific and interesting, it will tickle the same pleasure yeah. center. Cool. The tactile yeah. feel is nowhere near as intense as Tomb Raider, but yeah, it doesn't the, have that sort of like yeah, yeah. The red, the aesthetic choices give it such a strong physical, sense physicality. of space, though. Like, just mm-hmm. the, it's it's a really unique feeling world. Your your character looks unlike most, if any, video game protagonist. It's a little kid mm-hmm. who loses one shoe, then spends the whole chunk we were playing with only one shoe on, which is the best <laughs> yeah. him thing. Yeah, I don't know, it's, it's cool. But he starts in like his like school uniform, which is cool. Yeah. It's Papa and Yo, Papa and Yo, Papo and Yo, Papa and Yo, Papa and Yo, and yo. yeah. Yep. Cool. Definitely, definitely play it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's one of those games that people tell you you've heard about, and people are like, oh, here, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Like, just go it, like, buy it and play it. Ether, you know, like just I'm, I'm aware it. of it yeah. existing more than I know much about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I haven't played it yet. I guess I just kind of forgot that it existed. I know it makes me sad. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Sean. Jesus Christ. That's why this podcast exists. Oh it's man, true. to remind you that it exists that that exists. I forgot until right now that I played some Plants vs Zombies too. Can I ask you about that? Yeah. I have like the this I'm like ideologically opposed to buying it because of how poorly Here's the thing. The Wait, what is, game is this yeah. you're talking about? Plants vs Zombies 2. Oh. Oh, can you be ideologically opposed to buying it when you don't have to buy it? Oh my god, you just got served. I know my brain is here on the on 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 right here on the table. Just ripped in half. It's hard because what I ended up doing is I spent all of Saturday, not all of Saturday, but there was spent a, 24 hours. No, there was a conversation that I was having with some friends and my girlfriend about uh, just iOS games we were playing mm-hmm. and Plants vs. Zombies came up and everyone universally was like, oh, it's free to play. Uh, oh, I have to buy stuff to advance. Blah, uh, uh, blah. And, and I was totally <laughs> in that group of just like shitting, shitting, shitting. And then I was like, okay, I really like Plants vs. Zombies 1 and this does cost nothing and everyone is just pooping on it. I gotta see what it is. Yeah, and I'm liking it a lot so far. It's Plants vs Zombies. But what? Who's the? Who is the main designer of Plants vs Zombies? One. I don't remember his name. He got he's fired. Not, he doesn't work there. It was like George Fan. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was fired. He was. He was asked yeah. to leave, no, and then Plants vs Zombies Two was announced immediately. So yeah, it's it's the sequel to Plants vs Zombies that you would expect it to be. So they're plants. Wait, really? I heard it actually was pretty bad with all that. That's that stuff. enough. That's what I was implying. Sorry. Oh, oh okay. Oh. It is exact. Like, sorry, you didn't let me finish. Everything in it is incredibly expensive compared to Plants vs Zombies One. Like, everything just has three extra levels of shading, where it looks like people just hand painted everything to an intense degree and polished the crap out of it. It, the core mechanic of the game, was so strong in the first case that they didn't actually, they weren't able to modify it in any meaningful mm. way. So all that it has on top of it or all that it has that is new is added on top of it. So there's nothing... The core, like... It feels like they couldn't justify to themselves just extending it by having there be more plant varieties and more zombie varieties, and they definitely didn't, like, try changing the shape of the playfield or anything. Like, there's no variance at that level. It's now just, like, you can pinch guys to decapitate them, or you can sw- you can uh, swipe at zombies if you spend little like the coins that you collect you know the little coins that jumped off guys that you could only yeah, use yeah, in the yeah. store in the first game um and there's also like 
The one mechanic that I wish was the only thing that they had added to it was the notion of being able to briefly supercharge a particular plant on the board, uh, mm. where certain zombies come up that are uh, just tinted green, and if you kill one of them, then you get the ability to supercharge a plant for a second, and it's kind of cool to briefly just level up one yeah, on nice. the board. Like, yeah. that's, that's cool. Yeah. But everything else... That feels like some, something that could have been in the first game. Yeah, everything yeah. else, though, is wrapped up inside of two to three levels of abstract currency, where it's like, Ugh. if you want to use one of these three extra power-ups, which are like the electrocute guys or decapitate guys, you have to spend the coins that you get off the zombies... But if you don't want to, if you run out of coins, you can click on the coin button to then pay a dollar fifty to add extra coins. Oh, you can buy coins mid board. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. That. It's all what. You can, so hold on. There's more to this though. Wow. The additional thing that happened. There's. There's also. A, you, it's like grabbing a health pot in Diablo and yeah. being like, "Oh, that one cost you." Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Huh? <laughs> you, I mean, it doesn't. You. To its credit, I guess you have to go through a lot of layers of UI that pause the game and deliberately put up a store. But you can just okay. come out of coins, press the pause button or the the plus button next to the coin thing. Then it says, "Do you want to add more coins?" And then you say yes. Then it goes into a store. Oh, but then it then it goes so and closes gross. all. The, well, I imagine it. I haven't spent any money on it yet. Jake, you gotta spend yet. a dollar just to let us um, know. But so that's I there. need a whole user flow here. That's there, which is nuts and makes you barf. Um, I'll give you a dollar. And then the way the way that you advance <laughs> from your from your hundreds of dollars of Steam uh, credit you've not, gotten from not, selling Dota two items, one item. It's not transferable. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, one item, four hundred bucks. The other what? the other sort of big add to this game, I guess, is they did what you always have to do in a sequel to a thing like this, which is that there's now a world map with multiple paths. So as you complete a, uh, a space, sort of the next. Uh, Leg moves out like it does in a, in a Mario Brothers. Oh, map well, I like that. Yeah, except yeah. okay. <laughs> well, not well. That I like. So well, I mean, that's nice. That's no, great. I know, that's and fun. there is there's a crit path that just keeps going. <laughs> Shake's got a like. However, that, though, and this that's great too. Like when you when you complete a level, right. It's it's all really cute and feels very much like Plants vs Zombies because the way that the world map advances is the the sod grass just rolls out to the next level. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That's, it's, that's it's good. nice. Yeah. Um, and as you encounter, there's just little pots along the way. And as the sod rolls past it, a new plant pops up. And that's how you know that you've unlocked the ability to use that plant. Uh-huh. But there's also gates off to the side that have additional roots. Okay. And you can unlock those with keys. Wait, roots like plant roots? No, or like R-O-U-T-E-S. Routes. routes. Like a route. There's a route or a route, which you can unlock with keys, which you earn their drops in the game. Or? Or you can buy those fucking keys. <laughs> so what... So... I'm not halfway through the first world, but I've passed a door that requires three keys, a door that requires four keys, and a door that requires five keys. And by the time I had passed all of those in main play, I had only accrued two keys. What's a key go for? I don't know, but I believe that the three key door costs about $2 to unlock. Okay. So you get to this point where you're like, I got a key. Oh, this one takes five keys. What? Well, you know, those keys are probably randomly dropped, not at all predetermined. But the thing about to make all you buy that third key, I'm just ignoring the power ups because I don't really care about them. They don't add anything to the game mm-hmm. for me, and just using the charge up stuff and the new plants. I'm actually it's fine. It's Plants vs Zombies, but mm-hmm. I know I'm going to hit a wall where I can just feel like the game is being balanced for a spender at a higher spend rate than me. So I'm just not going to be able to advance in the game without it just turning to shit. Um, well, the thing is, is, like if you know you're going to hit that wall, then you're at that wall, sort of thing. For me, when I'm like, when I feel the same, when I feel that, I'm like, I'm like, might as well be there. Yeah. This is this is my failing in the way that I didn't buy Pikmin three and just went back and started playing Pikmin two. Right now, I'm like, I'm still getting a little bit of Plants vs Zombies love out of this, but I at least know 
the moment that I even think that I'm oh. going to press the buy screen is when I'll quit. And I've made yeah. that, I've set that line for myself, and that's right. enough right, right, because right. I haven't, I haven't played Plants vs Zombies in long enough. That <laughs> You're I the guy it. going to coffee with the ex girlfriend. That's like. I'm gonna walk away right at this moment, and it's, well, no, it's, it's gonna be is, over. The thing is, right, right now. Like so wow, you look so great. You look I'm, really nice. I have this game installed on my maybe, phone. That's no. I mean, I'm eating mean, some friends. I don't think it's quite the same, though, right? Because I think he probably is actually gonna. I have stop. this game installed on my phone, and when I hit that line, I've already purchased Plants vs Zombies one years ago for iOS. So if I'm really like, fuck, I need to have more stupid. I hope I'm near you zombies. when you have yeah. this mania. <laughs> yeah, just go to the App Store and download the first game and replay it. It's been yeah, a long yeah. time. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but it's it's so funny to hear you talk about this it, because it in the context me. that it well, yeah, it's not just terrible, but separate to that, I was at um, I was over at Danielle's yesterday, and we were playing um, um, uh, Rayman, the new Rayman game that she she was reviewing it for Polygon, and it is, she really liked it. Yeah, she did a lot, and it's great. Like it's incomprehensibly beautiful two D stuff, like in the previous Rayman game, Rayman Origins. And it's like charming and fun and like the music's great and it's beautiful and it's, you know, fun, crazy platforming. But it's got that thing that a lot of platformers have where to unlock the final level, you need to collect like the stars, 400 of the just bullshit widgets. And so you just have to farm the game for hours to get. To get, to get to that point, even if you've actually successfully gotten to the end of all the levels, right. you have to just go out of your way to do this dumb bullshit just because you do. And it's so funny to, to, to Jake, hear you describing that as I just had this experience where there's like absolutely no – like it's it only exists as a weird arbitrary game design gate, not right. as a way to ex- extract more money out of you. And it's also incredibly frustrating. And it's funny that that kind of design has now just been applied – to a thing where some kind of sleazy man can sort of just elbow you and be it's like, like oh, I don't like that oh, bad game. Uh, yeah. Maybe just give us $2. Yeah. One, to go back to Plants vs. Zombies 2, one thing, and I think this might be the reason that I'm actually enjoying playing it, is my my number one beef with really casual tower defense games, I've talked about this before, is when you get your sweet base up and running at the exact moment that the game is over, there's almost always, and I might just be that I'm shit at Plants vs. Zombies. I'm sure a true person who's a lord of this will be annoyed at it, but I feel like in Plants vs. Zombies 2, I get my sweet plant configuration up and running really well, and there's always one more wave where I'm just in maintenance mode, maintaining the creation Mm -hmm. that I have actually made. Mm -hmm. That is a really nice experience that I never actually got out of Plants vs. Zombies 1. Mm -hmm. Like Plants vs. Zombies 1 was really good at the, you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth, but there were there were the times that you like you got the sunflower economy yeah. working really well. You got everything built up, and you're like, I am a master. Like and, and then it's just yeah. like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right when you're like, I you you kill those last like three zombies, and you're like, just send more, send fifty more, so that right. I can right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I love that feeling. And that's happened to that. That's how I feel about it. like Rim Capsule too. I was yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I feel the same way about Rim Capsule. Although I don't. Rim capsule ramps up so much that oh it's gosh. like you can't really ever. Yeah, and those but, like those mid levels are. I got this. I got this. Yeah, the problem yeah. is you say that and then you stop expanding well, that was, for the future. But there, are, there are some games that where you like certain tower defense games you can totally get into that. Like mm-hmm. um, uh, I got really into Defense Grid when that game came out, mm-hmm. and you can kind of get that sometimes. And um, orc, uh, what is it? Orcs must die. Mm-hmm. I played that a lot. That. The first one anyway, and I actually, you know sometimes yeah. you get into that mode with that, and it's, it's always really satisfying. Gave me an actual like hubristic fall, which is what I was right. yeah, yeah, yeah. before. I was yeah, like, yeah. yes, I've got it all maintained. It's perfect. Yeah. Yep. And then I was like, you know, spinning guys up and putting stuff up, and then I didn't notice that one fucking zombie had gotten past something, and then a tombstone tombstone grew up behind him, so I didn't notice yeah. it, and I was yeah, just yeah, like. Yeah. 
Well, the thing that's so great, yeah, I love what you're describing is is so true. That's that knife edge of of uh, kind of power and um, like hubris, I guess. Where, as you say, where you you're, it's, your brain gets into a different, I think, mode of observation because you get to the point right. where you start shifting the like power grid over to maintenance rather than like hyper vigilance. Yeah. And even if your thing is theoretically capable of surviving much longer, I find that when you get in that state, you're less likely to notice those weird aberrations oh. of like the guy sneaking around or like just some dumb the, thing that you could have easily caught, the reason but you're not thinking about it now. Is because Plants vs. Zombies 2 does actually have a new mode that, well, it has a lot of new little mini modes, but one of the recurring things in it is it does actually put three plants out in the middle of the lawn and say you have to defend these. Mm, so you don't have to okay. always defend the back line. There were three right, just sunflowers right. sitting out in the middle of it. But then I got my base so dense and it had so much stuff going on that I yeah. forgot that I, I forgot what right. I was supposed yeah, to do. Like, my base yeah, is so awesome. Move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can forgive that. Go ahead. And take just, that. It was just... Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. Well, I was, yeah. Why was I it's here? not even like a conscious decision to ignore yeah. them. It's just that you get it's what I was exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Like you get so preoccupied with like the one axis that you're operating on yeah, that you're just like this like, other just super obvious thing is like, and I was like why yeah. was this base even built? Did yeah. you take that one flower? No. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling. Like yeah. being in the being at, getting to the point in the game where like that is possible is always such like a cuz it cuz it it's many most of these games you spend you know, wave after wave after wave after wave after wave in the exact same brain space. Like, yeah. it's just constant kind of um, one-upmanship. But then suddenly you, like, shift into this different mode. And so it just stimulates a different part of your brain. Yep. And, like, you're, the mistakes you make are sort of different in feel. And it just, I don't know, like, it, the game takes on a different character when it so gets to So how point. infuriating is it that I can't actually in any good conscience recommend this game to anyone because of the business model in it? Like, I just, I can't. Yeah, yeah I, no, totally. I it hate sounds, that I'm I, playing yeah. it. And I hate that it's giving me a few moments that I do really like, but it's just yeah. You can feel it encroaching around just, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. time I do, yeah, exactly. Every time I do well and get excited, I know that I'm marching one step closer to the point that the game eventually is just going to either through a hard limit or soft limit say, "How much are you liking this?" Yeah, it's like I'm yeah. liking it enough that I would have probably given you three dollars yeah. in the app store. Yeah, you would have done five. I would. Yeah. Here's the thing. I would pay ten easily. It's Plants vs Zombies two. It's Plants fucking play Plants vs Zombies two. Yeah, they would never. EA would never right. do it because they would not yeah. make a lot of money. No, but isn't that infuriating? In the that's the one of the reasons that I just can't. Just like le- way less than a decade. Right, this is one of the reasons. Pay 10, I, right? If you could pay ten and just have right. all that stuff, if that was go just away, a DLC deleted, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was all just. I agree. No but more that, gates. That's one of the reasons I can't even open. But the thing is, you'd pay ten in in microtransactions; those gates would still be there. Yeah. You'd still yeah, exactly, see the vestiges right. of that because of they, that shit. yeah, they need they need to allow for fucking whales. Like I can't even I can't even bring myself to download games that I know have those business models now because I just like know Dota I'm going to get two. really irritated. Say that again. Like Dota two. Well, Dota two is fine yeah, because no. none of that's gameplay. Dota that's what's not, so great it's about not it. Pay to win, you can't pay yeah. to advance. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean game. that's that's great. I'm so glad that's how Valve does it. Like I don't, I'm not even super into that game, but like just as a person. I'm really happy mm-hmm. that's how they that's the approach they took because I I just can't deal with it. Like it makes me so frustrated to know that there's just there isn't a version of the game that is like the actual designed correct version because it's not. It's designed to include all this bullshit. Right. It like, is a thing where yeah, the mechanics of that game wouldn't even hold up if you stripped the free to play out because I'm sure that the way that the leveling arc works would yeah. just be completely fucking hell. Yeah. And I just I can't deal with that. Like I want to just the kind of way I enjoy things and the, the, the way that I sort of analyze things and think about them. Like I want to know so, that I'm engaging with the actual thing. What you'll have to do is wait 
20 years. Yeah, Plants vs. Zombies Legacy Edition. Yeah, or just for someone to have pulled the stupid ROM out of the App Store and have a little <laughs> emulator that is spoofing yeah. uh, the economic server. Yeah, well, people have already done that to some degree, I think, haven't they? In a way that is a little bit less shady, maybe, in the future, because EA will no longer be making any money off this game. But yeah, I'm sure, yeah, if you... You can probably, I mean, I know that, like... You can steal everything. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> I, I know people whose games have been... Where they do their own uh, metrics that are different from Apple's oh, yeah. metrics, and it's like, holy shit. The iOS... It's so open to fraud, it's ridiculous. stuff. It's, I think, mostly from people who have jailbroken their phones. I think you can I think bypass so, yeah. stuff I that, Presumably, but, yeah. But it's, it's sad. Yeah. I won't be doing that because I will probably... No, of course not. I would never... Week, but, no, I would just... I just don't play these games. Like, I'm right. not going to fucking steal from them. I just... I would just don't want to support it at all, you know? It's... The... I don't know if we talked about Scurvy Scalawags at all. Like, this is iOS hour, apparently. No, Ron Gilbert keeps recommending that, was, that game. Yeah, Ron Gilbert. He loves it. He keeps recommending it. He, he made, made it. it. Oh, of course. It's his goddamn game. Goddamn. <laughs> I fucking knew that. What was wrong with me? Ron Gilbert keeps recommending this game. No. Yeah. weird. Ron, Gil- or Ron Gilbert. Scurvy Scalawags is like a match three, yeah, yeah, but yeah. sort of leveling up fight game. It's... I was farting at myself for that idiotic... Oh, no, he's like, match three. Eh. No. Whatever. No, it, it, people love this game. It's... You can scoff at it for being a match three game. Also, it's like it's not. I wasn't. A, I was scoffing I at myself. Sorry, but that was an that was a, a poorly timed scoff. A <laughs> nice thing about Scurvy Scalawags is that you pay a few dollars for it. It's like three to five somewhere in there, and it has one in-app purchase if you want it, which is a coin doubler, which is the classic like mm-hmm. in-app purchase for what yeah. if you want to spend an extra ninety nine cents, mm-hmm. you can level twice as quickly basically. But other than that, every single thing in it is it's in its own in-game economy of like you can you know it's got a little item store for you buying stuff for your guy you can upgrade your ship over time to give you better stuff mm-hmm. but it's so nice because i ha- just have the game Is it's that so you mean, nice or did to you be like playing an ios game of that genre level, like right. in that genre with that amount of like sort of mechanical leveling uh, just sort of metagaming stuff. it's probably well, the only of one of its peers that is like that yeah. yeah yeah and it's also really good if you're the sort of person who plays iOS games of that kind, that game, once you find it, it melts your face, I think, based on people I know who play a lot of iOS games. Mm-hmm. But um, it reveals what Plants vs. Zombie could be from a business model standpoint, and the answer is probably way less profitable, but also but so good. I don't know. It's not It's not the sort of game that I would ever make, and it's not the sort of game that I usually seek out except for Plants vs. Zombies, but seeing, like, just... Scurvy Scalawags has the, like, 300,000 things all on, on top of each other where, you know, you're, you have a bank of, like, six moves that you can make in t- on top of getting in fights with guys on top of leveling on top of what's on the board and, 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 the same way Plants vs. Zombies 2 does. Mm-hmm. Or it feels like... It's not buried under a bunch of bullshit. But it's just not buried under a bunch of bullshit. And the, the choices yeah. that were made for what those specific things are is really harmonious in yeah. its way. That's awesome. Scurvy Scalawags, also talked about, apparently. Um, what was I going to say? I wonder... One of the things I just have no visibility into just... Um, on a kind of anecdotal basis is what people who aren't in our kind of big extended extended sphere, just just like just a person who downloads Plants vs. Zombie 2 on the app store, like what do they think about that shit? Like is that irritating to them? Is it a sort of minor inconvenience or is it completely just or how it things like, work? up there with like commercials and like, TV? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, how, what, is, is, what is that? I wonder how much of it depends on the context. Like I think if you're a person who's not really inside of the development community or the core gaming community and you pick up this game, you probably don't think about it as much because it works the same way like you buy a song if you want to hear a song. You buy 
Like, yeah, but in the but, middle of an album, you don't get a weird – like I guess if you're on Spotify, you hear an ad if you're not paying for it. I think it, you're but, thinking like, of it differently than what I'm trying to say, which mm-hmm. is just I want a new piece of content on my phone. I press a button, type in my iTunes password, and I have it. Mm-hmm. I think there's an audience room that is just completely – they don't think about it the same way that you you don't think about buying any tiny piece of If anything, content. I mean I know there is like like – Blowback from saying my game is five bucks. Like, oh, five yeah. bucks. I'll just play the free thing. But I think thing. with yeah. free-to-play stuff. Yeah, like, sure. I, oh, no, totally. I, suspect, I, yeah. I know I, that. I'm but. entirely pulling this out of my ass, but I suspect for that hypothetical audience, if you introduce a person to that game by saying, it's free, but they nickel and dime you, people are immediately going to be way more conscious of it happening to them. Like, yeah. That's my suspicion, at least. Yeah. That's I'm sure that's engineered true. to just slide yeah. over your brain as cleanly as it possibly yeah. can if you don't notice <laughs> it. But then once you do see it, it's like you have the glasses from They Live, and yeah. you can't not see that yeah. there's a qu- crazy alien face hiding underneath that person, John Carpenter. I mean, he makes I all mean, my analogies come true. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to talk to someone who has the perspective that you propose because it does. I, I, I get what you're saying in terms of small bits of content, but I, I, I mean, there isn't actually a direct analogy to that outside of games, though. Like, not in that, not in that way. Like not when you like not buying episodes the, of a show or something. It's basically someone that yeah, once you press and buys stuff. Like I mean, just yeah. every, the whole the whole one. I mean, once you mentality. press play on an episode, nothing happens until the episode ends. You know, like there, it is one hundred percent self-contained. Well, I mean, I think you look. I'm at, not saying there right. aren't. It depends on whether it depends on where those I'm those just, gates you're are. You're having a right? very intellectual definition of this piece of content is the television show, and there is no content inside of that that I can purchase. But I'm saying. If you stop thinking about it like that and just think about my phone as a container that has things in it that I want and I type in my password to get them, then there's no such thing as like, yeah, I don't think I, people are like, I will now experience the work that is Plants vs. Zombies. No, oh, but what I, is this pop up that well, would never appear? I think you're, I, I think, yeah, sure. I well, mean, I think, people exist, but I think, I think your, yeah. I think your supposition is equally as hypothetical as mine, though. I mean, I, sure. I, I, I don't actually think the, th- thing Except you're describing that, is like any other way people have bought right, things in I history. I know that there are a lot of people who just, when the button comes I mean, up to buy it, they just buy it. I think I'm Jake sh- is just full, is saying the digital marketplace is the digital marketplace, whether you're standing in a storefront or, or on the like the map screen of I, a game. You know, you're on like the... Because I think the games are designed with a flow aspect that has like, I, a, this I, is I where your that. brain is... I'm just is, saying, I just, I don't think it's necessary. I think it might just be people are used to it because it's just how things are on this platform, not because it's just how people who aren't in our circle don't... Like, I don't know. I think I think you're being slightly patronizing, sort of, by saying people who aren't sure, connected to I games don't, I don't have this, anything, like... I don't think there's anything to that extreme of a degree, but I think that the component parts, whether it's a piece of music, a television show, an app, or a portion of an app, like a season pass versus a single episode of a show, all of those things are presented to users through the exact same mechanism and the game goes as far as it possibly can to be passive about it and to treat it all the same but i mean yeah people are very conscious of the fact that they're spending money i think there is also just a player type that will just gets the game and it's free and just gets mad at it the entire time regardless of what what they know about yeah. video games i don't know I, I still feel like this is a newer thing than the way those other non-game purchases are presented i'm not saying there isn't a kernel that makes them similar in some way but it does feel like a, a, a pretty significant escalation like it yeah. right it, but i mean it, i think i mean i i think if you think about the phone from home screen all the way through this like it, you're on a map on the fourth world of a thing and the same sort of ui pops up for spending money like if you think about the, the phone as like a flat platform not like apps and sconced and levels and things like this then i think you know i just think that escalation wouldn't exist if it wasn't working one level down on the on the like the notion of 
browsing through a collection of music and TV shows, then just sort of sliding to the right, pressing a button and typing sure. the password and didn't exist 10 years ago either. Yeah. And that was incredibly financially successful. So obviously people would then just want to zoom in as many possible tiers as they can and keep putting the same mechanism in as many possible places sure. as they yeah, can. You could buy, sure, I mean, because yeah. you could buy music I, and shows and stuff like this on the phone before you could buy game content yeah, exactly, no doubt. with the exact same UI. No doubt. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. that there's, some, there's psychologically a similar baseline going on there. Um, I, I still I still think it's fu- it's a little bit different in the sense that that is just kind of how all music and and movies and so on are just trending like across the board now. Whereas that's still a topic of extreme debate in games because I think once you actually think about it, it is intuitively actually different. Like I think it is different enough that there's a reason some developers choose to absolutely not do that. Whereas a musician, you'd never say, well, I'm not going to allow my, you know, you just people say, I don't want my stuff played on the radio. There are also musicians who only sell things in an album. It's very rare. I think it's very rare. I don't think it's anywhere. I do think like for 50 years from now in video games. Yeah. I mean, I ruined. (laughs) yeah, I I just, I don't know. I think that that's way more of an edge case, marginal, weird Mm -hmm. philosophical thing than in games where I think you'd find a lot more diverse opinions about that because it it does so directly affect how the thing is made and tuned and balanced in a way that isn't just just really isn't the same if you're making a piece of music or creating sure you're talking about it entirely from the creator point of view though i know i am but i'm saying i think there's i which means we're having two separate conversations well we sort of are but i think that's the reason there's probably classes of players that are much more distinct in that way than i think how people God, I, this sentence is going to get too deep, too, too convoluted for me to say, but I don't know. I, I think it's a much less sorted out, much more fluid area in games right now that I, it feels, it sort of feels to me like it hasn't been figured out. Like I would, I suspect right, I mean, this stuff is still settling. It's not just how it's always going to be forever because it just is. Sure, like, I, think, I mean, it, it sort of mirrors the way you pay for media, period, though. I mean, people are still kind of trying to figure that out. You know. Yeah, they are. But the the reason I don't think it's entirely divorced from the creative standpoint is because you are – one of them is limited by the other. Like you are more limited in the crazy ways you can pay for music because of how the creative process works. Like to some degree that it, those things do actually have to be harmonious with one another. Mm-hmm. And it just is true that in games – it's easier to just insert that shit arbitrarily in the middle of a thing because it's software, it's interactive. You also can, but like you said, it completely changes the design of the game. Yeah, oh, totally. But it's possible for the design to change in a way that's just more easily integrated with the creative process than it is when you're making other things. At least right now. I mean, I don't know, maybe in the future we'll have crazy movies that charge you for endings. Well, it's interesting when you think about the flow of these shows that are coming out all in one like chunk on Netflix mm-hmm. versus shows that are stream- right, like that coming out episode by episode on AMC. Like it's definitely affecting the form, yeah, there's, there's, which I find really interesting. There are actually mm-hmm. three big ways to experience uh, television. And there's like four or five. The big three though, yeah. I think are you watch it on TV, you buy it piecemeal or you subscribe to a service that gives it to you in bulk. Yeah. Or you torrent it or you wait for the DVDs. Yeah. But those are so still watching are, them is the same way. Yeah, yeah, Torrenting yeah. it or waiting for the DVDs are pirated version or or delayed version of mm-hmm. watching it in bulk or getting it streamed right. one uh, one piece at a time. Well, it's it's just interesting to think about how you formulate a show like The West Wing 
episode by episode by episode because you know like okay it's going to be on at 7 p.m on thursday that's how 99 percent of the audience is going to see it this is even before people were buying dvd box sets right and like what that does for like long-form narratives over the course of yeah. the season oh, totally. versus, right. versus netflix they don't know right. how long their episodes are yeah cetera, so you don't you don't need as much yeah. like you, you can have stories that flow directly with less recap like mm-hmm. you can have more really interesting. Episode, episode. i just watched orange is the new black and i think it's really oh, that's awesome yeah, it's it actually great. reminds me of that conversation that you were ha- you ended up sitting in on that game developers dinner at gdc like a few years ago when play on was the big thing and they were like streamed games to your house is the future and it was will Wright and warren specter were talking oh, about right. stuff uh-huh. uh i forget where i was going with this oh just the the notion of a game being streamed and being instantly available and being mm-hmm. viewable by other people those guys eventually talked themselves into a place where they said they would completely design their games differently but The free-to-play thing is gross, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it makes me wonder if subscription-based stuff will eventually also exist in games in a successful way because I think subscription-based... Oh, wow, dude. Yeah. Wow, I mean, sorry, yeah. a subscription-based no, service means, which includes yeah. multiple games. Yeah, 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 I'm going to buy Steam Gold and then I get... Right, you just these, have a bunch of games. These 70 games that are yeah. in Steam Gold just appear. Like PlayStation Plus kind of yeah, offered that. Right, right. Um, people seem to really like that. On yeah, PlayStation. Like PlayStation Plus Sony subscribers never could enjoyed sell it. that to people. It was only people who were already excited about it. Not only people who had it liked it. People who didn't have it weren't interested. But people yeah. who didn't have it didn't... I don't think anyone knows about it. I don't think you like... Dude, did you know that if you buy the subscription thing you just get to be able to play Killzone for free this month no one knows but yeah that's a like that's just another weird monetization method that would allow not free to play type games to survive really well were it to catch on mm-hmm. the way that that's what they're the Netflix, like Netflix renaissance or like yeah. Spotify or whatever and who knows how much money anyone makes off that stuff yeah I mean, music is completely anyway, different it makes you sad video game business we know <laughs> nothing about it but we like talking about it yeah any other games going on we should see what you, the readers, want to say to oh, yeah. us about games and They want to say, shut up about monetization models. Sorry. Oh, still working. You wouldn't be the first person to tell us to shut up tonight. <laughs> we, should, we should mention that. We were playing, we were playing Pole Riders, and we were being exuberant. You know, we were being boisterous. We were animated. Exuberant. Uh, Exuberance. Yeah, we, mm. and, um, we, we got the first ever Idle Thumbs the, knock. Yeah, first ever knock on the door of the Idle Thumbs Second. office. The first one was the guy asking. Oh, you the first one was the weird prescription guy. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're second, right. You're right. Please. Yep. Second, <laughs> second, under much different circumstances, uh, we open the door and it's, I guess, just one of our neighbors who works who works in an adjoining office who was. She was. She not was happy a little. We were, she was a little so impatient. I know you guys are having fun, but, but I'm, I'm still, still working. working. Yeah. Which is fair we And there is, Twitch. but there's zero, it's so funny. There was zero way. We were all so like flabbergasted and sort of like instantly became little boys about it. Yeah. There was so no true. way to say yeah, to her, yeah. ma'am, this is also kind of our, part of our job. It's not like our full-time job. We have full-time jobs, but this is something we do to like, it's both hobby and <laughs> occupation. People have paid us. So look into this camera right here. Okay. There, there's people now there's, looking at you. Yeah. People all across the globe. Anyway, I know yeah. that we're playing. You can play Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. Look at this, look at this wacky pixely art thing of I know the, well, so look, guys in 70 short shorts this is real this is legit ma'am, ma'am we're playing Nintendo <laughs> we're playing our Nintendo on the internet for people yeah, our they Nintendo, can see yeah. us right now yeah. So we're, can we please keep playing our Nintendo? We'll play our Nintendo quiet, we'll quiet more quiet I'm sorry I'm sorry we'll ma'am no Nintendo till after I'm sorry from now <laughs> I'm sorry it was one of those moments when she left and I looked at her and I was like she's like 15 years older than us yeah but in my head it was like 30 years like, well, yeah. your head, you were, so old yeah, yeah like 30 40 yeah. years older than us and yeah, i was like yeah, yeah. oh no we probably yeah. probably bump in here at the yeah. bar dear mom later <laughs> hey what's up 
So, so uh, hey, uh, now not now. working anymore, huh? <laughs> yeah. oh, Bob Seger, nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, so you're uh, no longer working. <laughs> yeah. See, so you're, uh, you're still. Uh, that's the when she <laughs> fucking pulls out her idle thumbs, Kickstarter backer postcard, and goes boo boo wah and jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I rented the office next to yours just for this. <laughs> Fuck Nick. <laughs> Fuck Nick. <laughs> Turns out she's sleeping with Nick. <laughs> the story's getting terrible. Yeah, that's not what's happening. Who's to say? Us, Where's Nick? Me. Where's Nick right now? He's at work, uh, so anyway, <laughs> Nick is back at the office being sad. Da, 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 da. His um, good life begins now. His good life does not. Super pole riders. Michael Michael Mariano writes, Dear Thumbs. Hi, Michael. Hey. I, I recently completed the main campaign for Shadowrun Returns and have started to play some of the user created missions. Good for you. That game looks really good. Stop it. Sorry. One user I, mission I is called Lone Star Double Indemnity and is a recreation of the Billy Wilder film. What? What? The what? on-screen text is taken from the screenplay with very few changes. What? Playing the opening, I was impressed with how well the game recreated the story beats and how it interpreted the camera angles for the game's isometric view. The game's insurance office really looks like the Pacific all-risk of the film. Though there are some additions. Before reaching the Dietrichson house, I was shot to death by gang members. I would never get a glimpse of that anklet. Is this real? I can't tell if this is real. My question is, have is you been impressed with any movie-to-game adaptations, or are there any films you feel you, you feel could be reinterpreted in a game? Thanks. Mike Mariano. And then he links to Lone Star Double Indemnity. How? What? What so, a crazy... The game looks... I don't, I don't know if I've played it yet, but the game looks like it's made by people who gave a shit. Yeah. And have the wherewithal to Nick, use them. Nick though. wasn't into it, but I haven't played it, so yeah. I, that's not. Don't take anything from that, as far as I go. I mean, Nick's not here. Yeah, we don't know where Nick is. <laughs> um, yeah. Description of Lone Star Double Indemnity, based on the original novel by James N. Cain's screenplay for the film written by Billy Wilder and Raymond Chandler. It, God, Billy Wilder and Raymond Chandler. No, I've no, seen it. Just, awesome. I just, God, oh, Billy Wilder just live in that little sentence for a second. Oh, God damn, I, I saw it at nine a.m. on a Thursday hmm. at the Lucas Cinema Hall at USC. You'd been up all night chain smoking though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just really like, tired. Like in the corporate ass? apocalypse, oh. insurance is a deadly game. That's the, that's the slogan for this. Well, that's Lone Star Double Indemnity so is a single-player, story-driven campaign in the Shadowrun setting. I'm mainly oh, sharing so this. This is, this is a fan-made thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought this was a level inside of the game. Oh no! Like, what? No, 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 no. Okay, I was very confused. This is directly based on Double Indemnity. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I'm really curious about this. Anyway, um, I don't know of anything like quite like this. No. Um, usually, oh, game adaptations sort of like, are just sort of flavored like yeah. the room, with the the how it looks, but then it's you just run around on platforms or shoot guys or right. something. That's usually what it. Not the Riddick game that Starbreeze did back in the day was really. That was good. Right? That, was, yeah, that was good. Game. For the NES. Oh. Yeah. Now that Riddick game was good. That was a really good Chronicles yeah. of Riddick. Um, yeah. Is it the Escape from Butcher Bay? Yeah. There were two. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, Butcher Bay was the one. Yeah. The Chronicles of Riddick Raid on Bungling Bay, I think. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Where Riddick fights the Bungling Empire. God, movie adaptations of, in games are just so bad. Mm-hmm. They're so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know anything about that? No. Never had to adapt something into a game. Well... Walking Dead's not a movie adaptation. That's Yet. true, Chris. Yet. That is weird. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like this. Um, yeah, they're they're often bad. I imagine someone could make a pretty sweet Pacific Rim video game. 
Yeah, that's basically. I haven't seen that movie, but I, I, I assume it basically You've is seen a the movie. Game, and right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's clear the, yeah. what that movie yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It always feels like narratively, no. I think it's not interesting at all. I think it's really crappy when you just sort of think, oh, these are things that happen either in the game or in the movie and, and should happen in the game or whatever. But there's a lot of interesting backdrops that films can provide that a creative person could do interesting things with. Yeah. You know. If someone made a Pacific Rim game that actually had the hangar stuff from StarCraft or Wing Commander or XCOM, where you get to sort of just walk around with those huge fucking robots there and maybe modify them slightly, I would be... Sorry, I just... I don't know why my brain just fell down the hole. He's um, being an eight-year-old. I really would play and that. And then you could totally drive... Then, oh, you could totally what? put rocket doubles on what? it? <laughs> that movie... Whatever. There is a notebook in a... In a future jake's like i've never no in like another gonna, timeline where you're the four no in the fourth make grade a good pacific rim game which is nuts no nuts. but i guarantee you there's a fourth grader who has made an amazing one in yeah, his notebook right. at school probably sent it to many game companies i don't yes. think i don't think someone who that's makes the pacific best, rim game is going to look God, at when you get the, wing commander the and XCOM, but that's what oh, you should look so at good. anyway whatever well that's one of the things i loved about uh tie fighter the lucasarts game is it was so like it's just not the obvious like all the you know the sort of just typical Star Wars adaptations were like super Star Wars and stuff. Yeah, just what it fat. always is like you run the thing and kill the guys yeah, and it's kind of just flavored though. like Star Wars, mm-hmm. I guess. But in Tie Fighter, it was just a really really good space combat sim. It was based on X Wing, obviously, but just it was in that world. But it just told a totally different story. Like yeah. you were just a different character. That's kind of what saying. It yeah. was yeah exactly. It's just it was its own thing that was totally self contained. I played that game before I even saw Star Wars. And it totally held up and mm-hmm. was like, it was one of my favorite games. You've talked about this before. No, I know I have, but I'm just bringing it up in the context of, yeah. of the, like, what I mean by that is, is it didn't, playing that game without knowing the source material didn't even yeah, taking, detract from it at all. Like, it was so Taking specific things consistent. about the source material that are interesting and can maybe be told in an interactive way and doing that instead, yeah. and then not also feeling compelled to somehow grab all the other elements and make sure that they yeah. show up is, I think, the and only way to do it, really. One of the reasons I bring that up is because right around the same time, I played Rebel Assault and Rebel Assault 2. Oh, you mean the Citizen Kane of Games, Rebel Assault 2? Grand what? stuff. What? Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. You yeah, read yeah, yeah. Duncan's sorry, article? I about that hilarious article. Go to hitselfdestruct.com yeah. and read Duncan's article On called Finding, or no, yeah. Finding Kane, something like this. Yeah, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. He also wrote, did you read his recent one about the crazy suicide no, dog the suicide bridge? dogs? No, it's oh my in my God. It's really good. You should, read it. you should definitely read it. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I played Rebel Salt and Rebel Salt 2 right around the same time. And I remember just thinking, like, this isn't, like, I don't get this. Like, what am I doing? This is a bunch of bullshit. Like, it doesn't feel like anything. And like looking in re- in retrospect it's obvious why it's because those games were nothing but just lip service to the movies were just right. like they just recreated a bunch of scenes poorly and there wasn't anything mm-hmm. there wasn't anything they had to say unto themselves you know mm-hmm. um the game that came the factor five was they did a rogue squadron, rogue squadron yeah. game yeah. for the game that, actually actually came out. that game was really hard and really good people but it was them. people like them a lot I it was because it was it was just well designed and yeah, really yeah. T- well made but you were you were playing a lot of like moments in the movie the sure. star wars experience that, that i want fine, but also will never be made is a manually dexterous version of flying the millennium falcon around i think you could probably actually like sorry. what wait like that new chris roberts is that who they, who's doing that i don't care star citizen, star citizen like you where you just you could actually like get up from the seat and run to the guns no i don't, oh, no, sorry. I don't actually care about that all what i actually want is 
between the two sticks, two bumpers, and two triggers, I feel like you could probably give someone expressive enough controls to do all the crazy dogfighting flip move stuff that mm-hmm. that ship does. Did you ever play Rogue Squadron on thing. GameCube? Rogue Squadron never lets you do stuff to that degree. You could do some fun shit, but yeah. That, thing, that game is like Star Fox. It keeps you on course. The later ones don't right. do much. You're right. The GameCube one might not, but like, anyway. That's a game LucasArts would have eventually made. And then if the 90s just went on forever... Lucasarts eventually saw, game. When you said the 90s go on forever, I saw Steve's face full on know, snipping, yeah. like just, with the full yeah. like, Christmas gone, morning tears. It, gone Home would not be a remarkable game. If the yeah. 90s, well, that's <laughs> not true. That's were the, there not a, what I meant. Were but, there a Wing Commander privateer style game where you can pick up all the different sort of missions and weird bounty stuff? Right, had, had that style of game stayed in vogue. Plus the sort yeah. of X-Wing yeah. weird level of specificity inside of the Star Wars universe existed, mm-hmm. where you were Han Solo. Yeah. I would have uh, never left the 90s. I mean, TIE Fighter and X-Wing alone already were pretty, like, awesomely dexterous in the sense that, or, like, allowed for dexterity in the sense that, you know, yeah, you could send your shields back and forth and, like, hit the hotkeys to cycle targets. I mean, it's not not like Falcon 4.0 or something, but, I mean, you know, it was much more so than, much more than a typical video game adaptation. Also, I would happily be flying a Millennium Falcon around and then run down the crazy circular thing and jump into the guns that don't make gravitational sense. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You would have loved that. Yeah. yeah, that plus little Han and Chewie banter. Gravity was different in the seventies. It's true. It's yeah. so true. So true. It's very different in space when you're on a weird flying hamburger that is a flat plane, mm-hmm. but then also has one upside down gravity piece. It's good. What do we got next? I don't know, but for what it's worth, I love that Star Wars does not give a fuck about that stuff. I'm yeah, sure it does good. now. It, Man, yeah. that scene is so good because it's just like whatever. One guy's upside down. Who cares? That was something, God, I never talked about this on the podcast, but that was something, so I, I don't know if Star Wars cares about the gravity stuff now, but I remember when I, I played the, um, I got the, the you know, the, um, what was the MMO, the Star Wars MMO that they made recently? The Old Republic. The Old Republic. And I played it for, for a few weeks because, you know, it comes with a, like, free month, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. Like, I haven't really played an MMO since, like, pre-expansion World of Warcraft. Like, you, just played, you were just the guy who played Jazz Sousaphone in the Maz Eisley Cantina the whole time? That was You role-played as him? No, I did the I did the like smuggler one and I went through the whole, you know, I went through the whole thing. That's just Jared wrote all that music and Peter McConnell. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. All the jazz. Anyway. Um, all, all that jazz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I I remember, I was like, okay, so they, they said, you know, this is crazy single player, whatever, so I, I don't know. But I, I remember, or you know, MMO, yeah. fidelity of a single player experience in an MMO context, I think is what they were sort of pitching it as. And so I, I kind of, I, I went into it with pretty good, in pretty good faith, I think, but, and the game was, the game ended up basically just being an MMO, which is fine, but that's not actually what I wanted to talk about. The thing I, that I remember being really struck by was just how infuriating it was to see the Star Wars setting bogged down by so much just nonsensical bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. and Jake, the thing that caused me to think of this is when you said, oh, they probably care about that stuff now. I remember just noticing how fucking obsessed this game was with just the most meaningless, like, political right. fucking Whereas, details like, and, the, like, just completely, not like, just waste of in the time. First Star shit. Wars, when they're, when they're negotiating how much it costs to book the Millennium Falcon, he's just like, 5,000. 5,000? And that's yeah. like, Yep. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Someone expresses that it's a lot of money and moves on. Yep. All the stuff about the the Senate and the Republic and everything is anyway. like just the most the lightest layer, you know. But then you get into the new Star Wars movies and everything is just bogged. You feel like you're. It seriously feels like you're walking through fucking molasses. It's just what 
this shit is so boring. It's much like the original Star Wars movies. I think we have made our point and can move on. Yeah, sorry, just, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I just remember th- like when I played the game at like this metaphor. Yeah, it's just because you spend so much longer in the game than you do watching a movie, so it was even more apparent. You know, I know that sentence God. was the best one of all of them. <laughs> What? I don't know. That's for, for, for broadly reason. applicable backwards <laughs> sentences. Just because you spend so much more time in a game than a movie that you felt in a lot. It was good. Yeah. Well, I feel that way about a lot of games. So. I know. Go <laughs> on. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry to bring up. Oh, new Star Wars is dumb. Like, I, it's the most worthless opinion to have. I know, but it, whatever. I it just reminded me of that. Yeah, it's good. Sorry. Is there one more reader mail that we can read, um, and then and then escape out of this pod? Hey, Nick. So, Stuart- what Jake's going to eat here in a minute. Stuart Brown. Cheeseburger. Your cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. You gotta, you gotta get that cheeseburger. The Brecken. The Brecken, How long do you think the it would Brecken take? is the burger in the old fashioned. That's, That's the Brecken. How long do you think it would take to get that on the menu? The Brecken? We could probably pull that off. Okay. Yes. That's probably very. That's a very hubristic thing to say. Yeah, I know. If happen. we let Chris, if we, if this podcast goes on forever, he'll somehow manage to like stab everybody who well, he cares about in the gut. Because yeah, like he's like <laughs> you accidentally you accidentally the pooed on Gone Home, and then you made the inopportune sound around uh, whatever Ron Gilbert. Ron Gilbert. So if we now it's yeah, like Jay well, Beeman's up. So now yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the guy who could potentially put the bracket on the menu listens to this podcast, and you're like, that's easy. So apologies <laughs> no. to everyone. I mean it that way. The bracket. All right, um, it's just one of those nights. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just horrible tonight. Sorry. Uh, so Stuart Brown writes, uh, "Hi, I bought and enjoyed Hi. Gone Home greatly. Mm, good. Uh, you're welcome." However, I have one problem. The house, this is not a spoiler. Um, the house you explore is dense and full of interesting things. But uh, the way you experience that is essentially as a telekinetic specter floating down hallways, lifting objects, and rotating them and dropping them. There's a suspension of disbelief required to accept that you're this character who doesn't possess hands or feet, doesn't move as if you're walking, doesn't clamber over things. I don't know about the last corridors. Um, she, she makes footfalls. Is there ever going to be an authentic way of traversing and manipulating a 3D environment like this? Trashers. So yeah, I read this not um, not because I actually felt this way. Like this, that was never something that bothered me when I when I played the game at all. But um, it reminded me. It just it struck me as similar to the point Jake you were making about the Millennium Falcon thing, where you kind of wanted a game where you're like interacting with all the well, just, or just focuses on that sensory experience I think to a high degree. On what's important to you? I mean, I think no, totally. Like Mirror's Edge is all about running away from guys with machine guns. Yeah, but. That game is like the textbook case of a first-person game where your physical connection to the world is mm-hmm. paramount. To Absolutely, the yeah. Of the game. Whereas when I'm when I'm playing Gone Home, I'm kind of experiencing it the way I think about myself moving in reality, which is not at all. You don't see like, your I hand reach out and grab yeah, the thing. Like you I don't see the thing that you my want. body right. in just a normal second-to-second way. But I can, I, you know, I can understand someone conceivably having so, that reaction if yeah. to them the game is all about like the physical manipulation yeah. of objects and, and, and that Han kind of Home deliberately doesn't have the person on screen well for one it's i think it was a very creative budgetary choice but it lets you imagine your own hand there versus the specificness of it being katie's hand like i think they're they're like the same reason there's no mirrors in that game it seems like Obviously, that means they don't need to pay to have the character model in the game, but also it means you're never going to look into a mirror and go, ah, that's who I'm playing as. Like, it's mm-hmm. entirely about you experiencing this stuff uh, mm-hmm. the way that you The way that character would, be, like, would, which would be not to be thinking about yourself all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're not, yeah. Katie would never be shocked by her own reflection, therefore you don't have the opportunity to be shocked right. by your own reflection. Right, right. No, I, I totally or agree. be like, oh, weird, that's my hand and my fingernails or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, meh, meh. Did you mouth Far Cry 2? Of course. 
don't know. Nick and I streamed Far Cry 2 the other day for the first time in Idle Thumbs history. We've never done that. Yeah. Well, good job on the guitar accompaniment. Oh, yeah, thanks. Very nice. That game is so fun. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> You're just Breaking racking news. up the Idle Thumbs shocker revelation. No, I just mean, like, it just kind of becomes... Chris Ramos, Star Wars you guys are the prequels bad. fucking blow. Far Cry 2, so fun. I just mean it's become like an, an Idle Thumbs... <laughs> games are longer than movies. God damn it. I quit Idle Thumbs. Um, but no, you know, like it's just become like an Idle Thumbs cliche that I don't actually... Like it's, oh, it was. It was no, right, so I now understand. it's in the place of the thing you always talk about being good, and then you went back and you're like, it was, it was good. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was there in the game. Far Cry Two, you guys. Because usually when Far Cry Two even starts to come up, it's immediately like, oh, bah, funny, and then we just all conversation <laughs> stops. So my brain doesn't keep Stop running with it. You know, like I don't. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like, really fire, good. The though. fire was propagating. Yeah, the grenade was rolling. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the way the hands are integrated into that game. It uh, it's it's in that really nice sweet spot of I'm making physical contact with the world the way, but I it's they're always it's, it's brief enough and sort of abstract right. The mise en scene is such yeah, 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 that yeah, totally. I am ignoring it the way I would if they yeah. were my own hands. I feel the, blend into the palette. I feel really the nice. same right. way about the um slide in that game, which I totally forgot about until mm-hmm. we were playing it. Where if you're running and then you duck, your character just slides into mm-hmm. it. You know, like sliding into a plate in baseball and. Uh, but there, but there isn't like a full on kind of mantling system where you're doing all the crazy parkour and shit. It's just that right. one little thing that just helps, that just kind of like situates you a little bit more in the, mm-hmm. in the kind of experience. It makes you think about your space and about the cost of the action. Yeah. For a but second. it's, yeah, yeah, but it's light, you know, like it's a very light inclusion. I liked that a lot. I thought that was really cool. Just having that, like dipping the toe into that, into mm-hmm. those mechanics a little bit. Um, yeah, God, that game, that game was so good. Good Rem- job. Clarence Rem- Rem- and company. Yeah. It's weird that that Are you made. typing on purpose into the microphone? That was the sound of me adding Far Cry 2 to games. To the guests. <laughs> yeah. We, I, there's other stuff to talk about, but I want to wait till Nick's here because... Uh, For Far Cry 2 debrief? Yeah. Like we, we downloaded... Now. I'll just mention. We downloaded... I think it's called Dylan's Realism Mod. It's kind of just the... It's really the one major mod that, that is mm-hmm. well-known for Far Cry 2. And Nick downloaded it. We downloaded it after we stopped at the stream just out of curiosity and started it. It was really cool. Like it just... It just makes the game you know, even more tense, but um, it's it's cool. Uh, we can talk about that a little more next week, I guess, when Nick's back. Since I know you guys are just dying to hear more about 2008 Ubisoft Smash Far Cry 2. I think there's a pretty specific but present contingent. That yeah, is. yeah, I'm sure there is. But yeah, I think that's probably it for this week. That's definitely it for this week. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Oh, hey. If you have a question, send it in to questions at idlethumbs.net. And perhaps we'll read it on the air. Follow us on Twitter, Idle Thumbs. View us on iTunes. I'm, oh, God, I thought that was going to be the one time we didn't just start sporadically shotgun blasting. <laughs> oh, that was it. At the end. I thought we were going to have a nice clean end there. I thought that was the one we were going to do it. We it was just going to just not just go on forever. Unlike we were just going to right now. Yeah. We we're just going to. Just one beat, and that was going to be it. We're going to look at each other and all know that that podcast was still... over. Wait, so here how talking are you myself, thinking, uh... what, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I think myself, what they're going to do myself. is visit us on YouTube, youtube.com slash idle videos. For some true. of our clips from our streams, uh, you got a Facebook page. Check it out on your computer. Nothing really goes on it very often, but it's there. One other... Will this episode be on Facebook? Who's to say? <laughs> Find out by liking us. Maybe on we'll Facebook. do a giveaway on Facebook. 
I should do a giveaway. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, it's probably well, I got those Steam card. bucks. I'll Maybe buy something. Cytex Cyborg Mouse. Start. <laughs> <laughs> that guy never got his mouse. Episode title I know you're having fun, but I'm still working. I'm still working. In parentheses, one of those. I know having fun is in parentheses, and, but I'm still working. But I'm still working. A noted 50s ballad. <laughs> I know you're having fun, but I'm still working. <laughs> parentheses. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. you're having fun, but I'm still working. Yeah. Or I know you're that's having pretty, fun, but yeah. I'm still working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty credible. Yep. That's a pretty credible just, song. I know you're having fun. But I, you know, yeah. a million, the whole like. Oh, I was imagining thing. it. I was imagining it as like a funk song. Oh, where the really? working implies like getting down. Oh, you know, oh, like, oh, oh, I didn't like, see that. I, I was imagining on the dance it as floor, like you might be having fun, but I'm working. I saw it as like a like further a, parentheses bracking brackets it, like singing in the rain era, like businessman looking out the window. Oh, of, like that's kind of where I was at. Like, I a, it was like a, a weird malt shop. Song. I thought it was like a disco, like a funk disco. I think that that says something about all of our. I think it's I think it's actually all of these things. It's because it's it turns out that it's a standard. It turns out right, yeah, right, it's right. gone through the. It's a classic American songbook. Yeah, it, right. it came out of Dust Bowl or something, and yeah. it's just it's, yeah. You know, the still working disco. Was, Miley Cyrus actually sang a new updated version of it with Daft Punk last night at the VMAs. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about that on Twitter. Yeah, I heard about that on I, CNN. I know you're having fun, but I'm but I'm still twerking. Yeah. <laughs> You like I saw it just I'm unfolding, yeah. and I like was trying to have it, like shove it back in or yeah. take it from me before you could say it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was like literally like the, a glass falling off a table, and I was right. like, I could have caught that. <laughs> but instead, it shattered into just glittery sparkles that said, "I'm still twerking." Yes, <laughs> and then Chris's face and the coffee came looked like him. like a perfect. Just, yeah, of yeah. the coffee turned into Miley face. Cyrus's butt. Oh, yeah. that. that's wearing that silicon sausage casing that she was on. <laughs> I, I watched it. All right, look, it's very important news. Okay, yeah. I know you guys are having fun.